As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Happy, uh, well, Sunday or Monday to you, depending on when you're listening to this it's early sunday evening here on the east coast and we're just a few short days away from the nfl draft it's time to do it it's time to do it a live mock draft first round trevor sikama with pro football focus a really good nfl draft thinker he joined me we went alternating picks one to 31 to play out how the first round might go obviously when we're doing it, it's not like a mock draft, like I'm going to turn in for a contest, but we talked through the picks, try to explain our rationale, what we're thinking at each spot. And of course, we spent some time debating the 16th pick and what could be in play there for the commander. So a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoy it. So we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Trevor is at Tampa Bay Trey TRE on Twitter. Of course, you can follow him there. You can follow me at Ben Standig. Guess I'm going to have to give out the Twitter handles these days since the blue checks are gone and it's hard to know who is who, but those are what uh, we are there. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, of course, on iTunes, or Spotify, or wherever you do your podcasting. If you've been busy the last few days and you've missed it, make sure you catch up. We've had We've gone real heavy here with the draft while we're in a bit of a pause with the franchise sale last week. Matt Miller from ESPN and Matt Bowen from ESPN joined me for a lot of great insight earlier in the week. Fred Smoot uh, and I, we talked that was more about the the the, the sale and uh, the Dan Snyder era. But make sure you go check all of that out. In addition, Jordan Reed, another ESPN, not the tight end, the ESPN analyst. Uh, he and I spoke uh, the other day as well. I will play that interview for you this week for sure uh other than that like it's been you know since i spoke to you last on thursday not like there hasn't been much else that has happened here i will have a new commander's big board up on the athletic and i i I played the game i mentioned to you guys the other day here that ron rivera seemed to suggest perhaps that they've got like a group of five players that they are considering at 16 and therefore starting with the 11th pick they'll 
be watching to see which of those guys is available and then what do they do from there. I, I threw out five names to the other day. Those names included, uh, who do they include? Darnell Wright, the right tackle from Tennessee. I think that to me would be my odds on favorite right now. If he's on the board, they could go in a whole ton of directions. But but if you made me pick, I would probably pick Darnell Wright. In any event, uh, Brian Branch, the uh, safety slot corner from Alabama. Lucas Van Ness, pass rusher out of Iowa. Broderick Jones, he is another offensive tackle. If, if uh, Darnell Wright is gone, Jones could be there. And I did have previously Deontay Banks, the cornerback from Maryland. But I'm going to switch that up. I'm going to instead have... Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback from Mississippi State, very fascinating prospect. He is 166 pounds. That is obviously, uh, you know, that might be good for the beach. Not great necessarily playing professional football. However, he is a very good player since the 2020 season. He led college football with 14 interceptions, six of which he returned for touchdowns. I think that playmaking is is intriguing for Washington. So I'm moving him into that top five situation. But if you go check out the big board, you'll see my thoughts on those top five uh, options for them. My best guess at those options, as well as other players they could take at 16 and then uh, names to keep an eye on on day two and three. So go make sure you go check that out. Uh, all right. Uh, that is uh, that's that's it for here. So let's get to it. First round mock draft. Do your own at home while we're while we're talking about this. Let me know where you are with uh, these picks, not just sixteen, but the whole draft, or or just sixteen if you want. And uh, we'll do that right now here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right, I intended at various points during this pre-draft cycle to uh, do some live mock draft, but it's been a little busy over here with the you know the, the selling of the franchise and whatnot. So we're saving the best for last. We are going to do one right now. A, a live uh, first round mock draft, alternating picks. Nobody better that, to do that with than our guy from Pro Football Focus, who is one of the draft gurus out there. Trevor Sikama is with me. Trevor, thank you uh, for for doing this. How uh, how's life uh, in your world with only a few days to go before the draft? It's good, man. Sleeps at a premium. I mean, we're I'm I'm counting down the hours at this point, not just the days. And so um, I'm very excited to get to night one of the draft, see how things unfold and then see how the re rest of the weekend goes as well. So this is one of my favorite times of the year. So I'm excited, man. Appreciate you having me on the show. I think there are really are people that who love, especially in our business who love the draft or can't stand it. Some oh, people for sure. Cannot, yeah. cannot deal with like, I know some of my colleagues hate doing mock drafts. I, I enjoy it. Um, I like the thought process. Even some people just can't stand the, it's the uncertainty and then there's pressure having to make picks. And I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Clearly you do as well. Yeah, no, this is, I, I am somebody who, have, this is how I kind of got my start um, at the very beginning. I, I went to the University of Florida and I was a broadcast student there. And uh, something that I did in my free time is I made an NFL draft website so I could like post my rankings of what I thought of these players and scouting reports and things like that. So, I mean, this is how I fell in love with sports coverage and sports broadcasting and all that good stuff. So uh, it, it is safe to say that I'm a big fan of this whole process. It's a lot of fun for me. And it is the one way if people like, I'm not saying to do this if you want to get into this industry, but in terms of the NFL, 
it is the one aspect where you can do it if you don't have any access in terms of the NFL. Right. You can't right. come in off the street and just start talking to head coaches and whatever, but you can watch games. You can right. watch film. You can form your own opinions and then go from there. Yep. And that's exact. That was my exact mindset and kind of how it started. Um, all right. Well, speaking of getting started, let's do this. We're going to pretty simple. We'll, we'll alternate picks. Now, normally it would be, it would be nice of me as the, as the host to let the guest go first. However, <laughs> since Washington is picking with an even number and yeah. I don't want to keep, I don't want to make that pick. I want Trevor to do it. Cause everybody's heard me talk about this a hundred times. Okay. I'll go first and then we'll get, I just play it off from there. Plus the first pick feels like it's going to be easy. So I'll, I'll take that for myself right now. It um, is, are we do, are we doing a, what we would do mock or, or is this a, what we think is going to happen? I, I would say what we think is going to happen. I okay. mean, you can express why you would do something different along the way for sure. All but right. Yeah, I would say, what do we think, what do we think is going to happen? Cool. Um, I would just say this broadly before we start. I'm sure every year you could play back me saying some version of, I don't know, I, I don't feel very confident. But when you when you get to the number two pick and I don't have any idea who's going to go there, I, I feel un, uneven. Plus, this is not viewed as a very good draft, and relatively speaking to normal drafts. And I think that is going to probably make the opinions even more vast than it's not very obvious who to take would be my mm-hmm. broad, broad uh, thought on this class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a, it's, it's a class where we've heard general managers kind of speak or give little hints of like, yeah, we don't have a lot of first round grades. And, and I think it, I feel as though the average amount of first round grades we're going to have around the NFL this year is going to land somewhere between like 15 to 20, but 31 players have to get picked in the first round. Right. I mean, it's not like the first round can end at pick 18 so 31 players still have to go in the first round and then the second round it's the same amount you know and so on and so forth so you're just going to get a lot of discrepancy from big board to big board and that's going to manifest itself in in the draft i do think it's going to be pretty unpredictable so that makes mock drafts like this one a lot of fun that would be wild if you could like say you had a first round pick you could say we're going to pass but we're going to we'll take it in the second round like (laughs) we're just going to pass we're going to give up the pick also give up the money we're just going to move back and we'll start from there <laughs> we have fun way to manipulate the cap. I, I, I'm uh, I wouldn't be surprised at anything about how cap gurus could manipulate cap space and money and salaries these days. So absolutely. All right, so I'll go with the first pick here. The Carolina Panthers, as we know, they made the big trade up a few weeks ago to get this spot. I don't think we need to dilly dally here too much. It felt like a debate perhaps a few weeks ago, but right now it feels like everybody's locked into Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. With the first pick, um, as somebody who does this, are you cool with with Bryce Young going one? He should, and he should have always been going number one. He's the best quarterback in this draft. I am as a top player in this draft just because he plays the most complex position. He plays the most high value position. And if we're going to sit here and say that what happens between the ears and what how you process things through your eyes, if those are the things that truly matter the most for incredible quarterback play, and Bryce Young is the best at it, I'm going to have him number one. I have to. So I, I I get the I get the size concerns, but I'd be taking Bryce Young, and I wouldn't be thinking twice about it at number one. All right. Well, number two, the Houston Texans. This is where, at least as of now, we're talking on Sunday. This is where the fun really begins. What's your view of what uh, these guys are going to do? It feels like quarterback, but the last week or so, the buzz is going in a different direction. Vegas odds are all over the place with this one. And I think some places you look, Will Levis is a favorite. Some places you look, um, Will Anderson's the favorite. I've seen some buzz for Tyree Wilson. 
Um, I'm going to say Will Anderson. I'll say Will Anderson here too, because, and I know that might be absolutely crazy, but I do think that we're kind of going that direction. And I believe that Nick Casario is operating with the assumption that he doesn't have to take one. That it's not like if he doesn't take one here at number two, he's going to get fired. And if Houston does not love a quarterback, then I think they're going to take a defensive player at number two here. I'll have him taking Will Anderson because I think that would be the choice. But then I wonder if the quarterback run is going to start as early as we believe, because we've done a lot of mock drafts before that have, shoot, we can, we can do a mock draft that goes quarterback, 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 start one, two, three, four, boom, all of them off the board. And we can come up with scenarios where that's the case. I don't, I don't think the NFL is that bullish on this class. I don't. So that makes me think that Houston may believe they can operate by taking the top defender and number two, the top non-quarterback at number two, and then use potentially use that number 12 pick to trade up. Or if, if, if a guy that they like is falling or maybe even select one there at number 12, I don't know if it gets that far, but you know, I think that there might be one or two quarterback options that are still going to be available once we get towards the back part of the top 10. And if that's the case, you're, you're, you're within distance trading up from number 12 up into the top 10. So though, for, for those reasons, for all that, I'm going to say Will Anderson at number two. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I'm down with, with that. And I do think as we go through these next few picks, I think you're right. We'll, we'll get a, we can talk through the idea of when the quarterback run may start because all it takes is like, I think there's one team in particular, if they don't take a quarterback, then this thing really could start to, uh, to drop off. All right, let's go to the third pick, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I think everybody's assuming they're going to trade the pick, and I would probably be one of those people. For the point, for the purpose of simplicity, we'll just avoid that whole game here. Um, plus, they may they may just decide to make a trade one spot down with the Indianapolis Colts, so the Colts can get the quarterback they want, and the Cardinals can keep what they want to do. Uh, you know, fairly simple. Um, I, look, I think that the Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, whichever one of them is still on the board would probably be, be my pick there. I've definitely talked to some people over the weekend with teams who have at least mentioned Tyree Wilson's got a foot issue that there's some concern about. He has not worked out uh, this whole cycle, mm-hmm. but they all seem to still say they would take him fairly high. So I'll roll that dice and, and just, you know, again, they would probably trade down, but for our purposes, I'll go Tyree Wilson defensive end out of Texas tech with a third overall pick. Yeah. And uh, if NFL is a lot higher on Tyree Wilson than I am, um, I've got him early thirties in my rankings. Oh, wow, I, okay. I just think, I think people are focusing a little bit too much on the highs of him. Like there are times when he's super violent. There are times when the length is an absolute menace. There are times when the speed, the power, and the length is is crazy and works really well. But there are other times when I think he gets off the ball slow. I don't think he makes contact with a ton of power. I don't think he shows a lot of pass rush moves. And this is a fifth-year guy. He started at Texas A&M and then transferred over to Texas Tech. And this past year was really the first year that he was able to break out. And so I just wonder if if, 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 the NFL seems to be like he's this plop-and-play kind of a really good player and i don't see him as that the the, the ceiling is there i just don't think it's a guaranteed hit of the ceiling um that's just kind of my view on tyree wilson that's super interesting i you know you are watching the tape and really studying these guys i've often said you know people know i do the mock drafts i am coming at this from the perspective of what do i think the teams 
need and but and then I try to get a, a feel for the board based on mm-hmm. what people like you say. I talk to people around the league and try to get a feel for fact from fiction. And when we when I started this, I was like Tyree Wilson. Eh, I don't know. I guess he'll go somewhere because defensive ends, edge rushers are a premium position. And then I've been sort of surprised how he's been seemingly pushed up. So I don't know if I would have in my head thought what you were kind of saying in, around thirty, but at the yeah. same point, three feels aggressive. Part of me kind of wants to take Paris Johnson, to be honest, but Ooh. I don't know if that I, you know, again, we're trying to go off of what they might do, and it feels like the momentum has been with one of those edge guys. So yeah, again, if they I, say it three, that would be my guess. I would definitely agree. It feels like momentum is having Tyree Wilson somewhere as a top five pick. So he could go to Houston at two, Arizona at three, Seattle at five. So I think it's a safe bet to say that he, he's probably going to be a top five pick. Um, All right, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, they, uh, I heard they might need a quarterback. Yeah, I, I think. Call me crazy. I, th- I think, no, I think that they, uh, they definitely need a quarterback. You know, I am, I am going to go Will Levis here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Will Levis, even with CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson on the board. And the reason why I'm going to go with Levis is because I, I am going to follow the Vegas trends, which have Levis a lot higher odds to go number two overall than he was a couple of weeks ago, a lot higher to go number four overall specifically i think he's minus money on some books to go number four overall which is crazy to me um that somebody four picks into an nfl draft would be minus money but look vegas is not in the business of losing money those giant buildings in las vegas they're there for a reason and i think it's because these people who move the books they don't just do it because oh a lot of money's going here a lot of money's going there they they they've got their sources and they've got their people that they talk to so even with these other two quarterbacks on the board, I'll still go Will Levis here at number four. If if we just went off of your tape, tape watching, is 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 that still the pick for you, or would you go in a different way? I'd pick CJ Stroud. I, I I would go with CJ Stroud here um, at number four. I'd be tempted with Anthony Richardson, um, given the fact that you know Steichen, the new head coach, how much he worked with Jalen Hurts, and how much he worked with him to to improve his consistency, his accuracy use his dual threat ability. Like I'd be really tempted to make that selection there and groom a guy with a super high ceiling in Anthony Richardson, but um, CJ Stroud, she's such a fantastic passer and Indianapolis is one of those teams that is built well for Stroud to come in and play right away. Like the rest of the roster is there. You think the offensive line is probably going to play better than it did uh, last year because they were a major disappointment. They've got good offensive weapons there. They have Jonathan Taylor to lean on in the running game. Like a lot of stuff is there for him. So I think he could play really, really well. Um, and 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 thrive in, in Indianapolis, and so I would be picking C.J. Stroud, but we'll go Will Levis here. Fair enough. And by the way, with the with the Levis going number two overall odds, I know Peter Schrager the other day did a mock draft where he had the Colts and Texans trading with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying that Peter Schrager has made Vegas change their 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 mind, but all these ideas typically come from something. And and I do have I, in my head I have kind of thought that Will Levis for the Colts made sense, assuming that Strad went second, you know. So I kind of get that, but we'll see. Um, I mean, that would be a bit of an upset based on how things have gone over the last, uh, you know, throughout this whole draft cycle. Felt like Levis has been the fourth guy, um, but we will see. All right. right, the number five pick, Seattle. You've left me with a really, really, really interesting. D- debate. I I personally want Seattle to take a quarterback here, not because I think that any of these guys are particularly great, but it's you know look, Geno Smith had a really fun year, but I, you know 
even there, even the contract they signed him to is more or less a one year deal. They can get mm. out of it next year if they want. They obviously don't want to be picking very high or hope they won't be picking high in the near future. So you could get that quarterback. Plus, they still have the pick at 20. So they really still have another first round pick. This is almost a freebie. On the other hand, man, the NFC West, Arizona's dead this year. The Rams are obviously rebuilding. And the Niners, you know, look, they may be the best team in the NFC if we want to say that. But you tell me who their quarterback is definitively next year. I don't know who that is. So it feels like this division is there for the taking. So I'm very torn between a quarterback or Jalen Carter. As I'm talking to you, I still don't know what I want to do, but I'll go with Jalen Carter. I, I I don't know if that's the right move, but uh, you know what? Screw that. I'm going, I'm changing my mind again. Okay. Let's go Anthony Richardson. There it is. There it is. I, I, this is what I, this is what I want to do. Nobody's listening. Uh, <laughs> John Schneider's not going to judge me here. Yeah, I guess, like I said, they have another pick later. They can get right. a defensive lineman there. And right. look, I don't know. If, w- w- Anthony Richardson might be great, might be a bust. They'll have to decide that. But I, I just, I do like the idea of getting a quarterback. So I'll go, I'll go aggressive and go about that. Route. There's a lot of people that think that that's the smart call, right? And I think that that's why you structured the Geno Smith contract the way that they did to give themselves the flexibility to take one at number five and still not have to start them right away, set up a really good, um, future so i look I, I think there's a lot of people that are of similar thinking that this is the best bang for their buck uh, that they could have that they could have here you make my life very easy at number six then for the detroit lions because i'm i'm taking jalen carter I, I think if carter makes the six this is their guy Th- this is who they're gonna take and obviously a lot to consider with jalen carter even without the um the arrest for what happened back in january with him being involved in that single car crash like Beyond that, you wonder, okay, why wasn't this guy on the field uh, as much as as other players were? Okay, is the motor running hot at all times? But then you just get to the highs and you go, nobody was better. Nobody was better at his position. Shoot, I'd say that nobody's better on defense over the last two years than this guy. He was absolutely dominant in what he was able to do when he was out on the field. And he's the perfect player that the Detroit Lions need. They need a three-tech guy to play next to Aline McNeil, who could then play the nose tackle position. They've got James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson on the edges. You're hopefully getting back uh, Levi and Wuzurike to be able to play as a rotational player on that defensive line. And so Carter's too perfect for Detroit. So I'm going to pick him there at six. All right. I I, I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Would you have gone to Richardson if, or, or would that have been the uh, tougher, um, the, is that where the tougher call gets? Like, If, if you would have gone... If you would have gone Jalen Carter, I probably would have picked Devon Witherspoon for the Lions. Fair enough, because I think they need corner, and I think that they'd absolutely love him. Yeah, okay, and I and I and I and I think I'm with you there. Plus, like it's weird to say it, the Lions might be the third best team in the NFC. Like if they if they nail this draft, yeah, NFC isn't great, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like to get somebody who can help you now is is as opposed to the project. And you know, Jared Goff is fine. Um, all right, seventh pick Raiders. I think this is a really interesting one. They, they they definitely keep fronting like they could go quarterback, and I'm not here to say Jimmy Garoppolo is a long-term answer. And C.J. Stroud is sitting here. It's not something I've anticipated uh, in any of my other real scenarios. He's more, you know, ready-made package than, than Anthony Richardson, which would be a little bit of a risk or a little more of a project. But the cornerbacks are sitting there. Vey. Um, all right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push this back. I'm gonna go with Devin Witherspoon here. Okay. I, I think the Raiders need that. And you know, look, I I know I just made the argument for Seattle to take the quarterback, 
when they have their own version of Jimmy Garoppolo there. But the Raiders, I think, kind of need to get going. Pete Carroll can kind of do what he wants to do. I think the Raiders need to get a win winning season here. So they add some immediate help in Devin Witherspoon. I think they're going to be heavily in on the corner class. Yeah, if if they're not picking a quarterback, I think that it's going to be corner for them. And I think they'd love Devon Witherspoon. I think they'd love Christian Gonzalez from Oregon as well. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. All right, so we're up to eight. CJ Stroud still on the board. Atlanta, I mean, you know, they, they did take Desmond Ritter last year. And, you know, I'm not – there's some hope there. But, you know, third-round pick, this is a chance to get a guy who – 10 minutes ago, we were all talking about it, the first pick in the draft. So, uh, but they've got other needs as well, particularly on defense. What, uh, what, what do you think Atlanta's doing at number eight in this? So case? I honestly think that if the board falls like this and we got a good quarterback that's still sitting here at number eight, whether it's Levis, whether it's Richardson, whether it's CJ Stroud, I think Atlanta's probably trading back to like the Tennessee Titans at 11 or the Houston Texans. Like I was talking about before at 12, because I think the Falcons are going to want to move back to one of those spots, allow one of those teams to go up and get a quarterback. And then Atlanta is a, is a Atlanta's a favorite team of mine to trade back up into the back part of the second round to mm-hmm. go get or the back part of the first round to go get an edge rusher. Like I think I think Atlanta in this scenario this is a perfect scenario for Atlanta. They trade back to eleven or twelve. They draft either Christian Gonzalez, uh, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks to play corner at eleven or twelve. And then they trade back in the back end of the first round from number 44 to go up and get one of the edge rushers that's there at the back end of the first. Like, that's perfect scenario for the Falcons for me. Well, I for, see that happen. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And so for our purposes, screw it. Go ahead. If you want to make it, you know, I'm trying to not no, complicate. I, I no, I don't. I don't we, we don't have to do Because then, like, they're moving up. They're moving back. So we, we don't have to worry about that. I just wanted the good people to make sure that they, they heard it here first. If that ends, if that actually ends up happening, that they yeah. can say that they heard it on your podcast. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm with you, though. I mean, I, I think this would be an ideal scenario. You mentioned the Titans and the Texans. It's also two teams in the same division. That could yeah. be a little bit of a bidding war there. And, right, if Atlanta's in on Desmond Ritter, trading down absolutely makes sense. I'll say I'll say Nolan Smith though here at eight. I, I I wonder how high he goes in this draft, but I think that the Atlanta Falcons are really going to love what he's going to be able to bring as an edge rusher. So I think it'll be corner or edge for them. They've done a nice job adding to their um, their defensive back room already this offseason with with Jesse Bates and Jeff Akuda. So I'll say Nolan Smith. I'll say Nolan Smith goes number eight overall. Are you concerned at all? I know I've seen somewhere talk to some people that their new defensive coordinator likes maybe bigger ends and he's obviously one interesting thing with nolan smith is he's like what 240 240 pounds but quick as hell and uh you know can be productive that way is that at all concerned or is that like an overrated kind of a well they have they have their bigger d lineman like the way that their roster set up right now it feels like they're a three four team so they brought in calais campbell they brought in david onyamata they have grady jared already so that's nose tackle defensive end defensive end they got eddie goldman as well and then your stand-up edge rushers, you got Bud Dupree, which they signed to a one-year deal. They got Lorenzo Carter. They have Arnold Ibikati. So I actually think that it bodes well for them to draft Nolan Smith because then he would just be a stand-up 3-4 outside linebacker, which I think is his best role. Okay, I like it. I, I definitely think Atlantic taking pass rush help one way or the other mm-hmm. is definitely a good move for them. All right, uh, the Chicago Bears now on the, with the ninth pick. Uh Boy, well, they're not going to give them C.J. Stroud, so he'll wait a little bit longer here. Uh, you know, for a long time, I was going with uh, Peter Skaronsky 
the uh, offensive lineman from Northwestern, who is typically viewed as the best lineman. But uh, I was talking to one of my colleagues who pays attention to the Bears. He was telling me that if given the if given the everybody's there option, who would he take? He said he would go with Paris Johnson, the tackle out of Ohio State. And, you know, just in talking to people around the league, it does feel like he's also going to be perfect world, the first lineman taken because he's a tackle, Skaronsky, not everybody sees it. So I'll go Paris Johnson, offensive tackle, Ohio State, uh, with, for the Bears at number nine. Eagles at 10. I mean, the Eagles could just go so many different directions. Skaronsky's still on the board. Bijan's still on the board. Okay, can we talk about Bijan since you just mentioned it? Sure. I, I totally, I'm, I'm in the camp that says don't take running backs early or in the first round. Right. Totally get it. But if he is everything everybody's saying he is, mm-hmm. and you're the Eagles, you have a, I mean, look, they could have a 10 year window with Jalen Hurts, but I'm just saying right now you have like a three to five year window with how the league works to go for it. And the NFC right now, as we said earlier, not exactly in a great shape. If B. Right. John Robinson's out there, my God, it just feels think- like that would be a complete uh, nightmare for defenses. So I'm inclined to think that, but I totally get the value is not there and taking a running back. I, I don't know what the Eagles would do. I, I'm going to take Bijan here because I ultimately think that he ends up a top 15 pick in this draft. I just can't see. I, I don't know exactly where it's going to be. The Eagles built their dynasty by not doing this right they 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 built their dynasty by consistently investing in the trenches going priority positions trading down things like that but you also put yourself in a really good situation it's almost like it's almost like budgeting right if you budget for a long time you know if, if you budget really well for a year and a half then you can afford to splurge and take that trip to europe right i mean you could still end yeah. up doing that so Bijan's the trip to europe in this in this uh, scenario so i'll have him go in 10 to the eagles is it like a trip to like uh, you know, like Amsterdam, like the upper north, or is it more like a Spain, Portugal kind of? No, trip? I'm thinking, yeah, like a little, a little Spain. Maybe you get over to Italy. You know, you you take the train over there. Maybe you hit both countries. You know, I'm talking like Southern Europe. That's what I'm talking. Fair, fair enough. I, I, look, I, I need, I personally, I need to go back myself. Every time somebody talks about going to Europe, I'm like, oh my god, I need to go. All right, uh, eleven. I feel like this is a pretty simple one based on how this board fell. The yep. question for me has been. Would the Titans take a quarterback? Like they need one for the long term, but you know, again, that that's a division that's winnable for sure. They have a pretty decent team. Otherwise, it feels like it's kind of an easier call with CJ Stroud here. So I'll make that pick. But what do you think if it's sort of the Will Levis kind of deal, and they need offensive line, they need a receiver? You think it's much of a debate, or you know, the, going uh, a different position, or you think they would take quarterback almost no matter who's there? I mean, there have been a couple of different reports about the Titans at least calling up to some of those top teams, you know, Houston or when Chicago had the number one overall pick or the Arizona Cardinals, right? And and if you're calling up, you're calling up for a quarterback. You're not calling up for an offensive lineman. So it's got to be at least on their mind. I don't think that that's um, I don't think that's fabricated. So if there's one who's on the board here at eleven, you know, whether it's Levis or Richardson or Stroud or whoever it's going to be, I I think that they would well be definitely in play here. All right, you are back on the clock at 12 with the Texans. You went Will Anderson at two. What do you got? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously going Anderson at two, you lose out on the bet with with 
them not getting a quarterback here. I'm not taking Hendon Hooker. I don't. I. I, I don't think Hendon Hooker is a first round pick. But like I said previously, if a quarterback was still on the board at pick eight, I. I think the Texans are trading up to go get him. So instead, they're kind of sitting here and I think they need offensive line. I think they need defensive line. Um, let's see. I think I might take. Oh, man. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba's got to be the pick here. They they don't have, they just don't have any wide receivers. And Smith and Jigba can at least be a go-to kind of a player. So we're, I'm going to, I'll pick Smith and Jigba here at, at, uh, at 12. Is he like, he obviously is a very good player, but is he, I guess, clearly, worthy of like a top 12 pick in general or in a year in which people don't love the receiver he's mm-hmm. the best of the bunch and therefore if you want to take one you kind of almost need to take him I, when he's I, there i think it's the latter i think it's just more of the latter it's just a weaker wide receiver class i think there's going to be less wide receivers that go in the first round this year than we've seen in the past um i think we're conditioned to believe that it's just going to be wide receiver no matter what and i don't think that's going to be the case this year there's a lot of doubt with a lot of the the other wide receivers in this group so we had six go in 2020 we had five go in 2021. We had six go in the first round, that is, in um, in 2022. I bet we get two or three in this year's class. I, I I don't I don't really see the NFL forcing it too hard on these guys. Okay. Uh 13th pick New York Jets. Uh if they should the Aaron Rodgers trade happen, it presumably is not going to include this pick. It would be no. uh, probably their second round pick. So no no issue here. Um I think, though, they need to get some help for whoever is going to play quarterback for them, particularly on the line. Like, I'm tempted to to say, look, Skaronsky is here and he's the best one, but in my head, I just keep thinking they're going to go with tackle and Broderick Jones from Georgia is here. Maybe this is a bit of a unlikely scenario if, if Skaronsky is still here, but I don't know what the Jets think. If the Jets think he's a guard, then they go this way. So right. I'm going to go Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Georgia. No, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. That assessment. I mean, it makes my pick easy with the Patriots. I'll go Peter Skronsky here. So we can just go tackle back to back. I think Peter Skronsky is more of an interior offensive guy um, in the NFL, but he's definitely one of those players like Elijah Vera Tucker for the Jets who you could play him at guard primarily if your tackles get hurt and you need him to, to – step in in a pinch and you got a better guy on the interior that you could fill in there. He absolutely has the skill to be able to do that. And maybe he's, maybe he develops into a full-time offensive tackle. I think that that's well within his future too. He's just a really, really good player. All right. So this board's getting pretty interesting here, particularly with um, Washington coming up at 16. We've got the Packers on the clock now at 15. I'm just making sure I have this right here. So Lucas Van Ness, the defensive end from Iowa, still on the board. Mm-hmm. Christian Gonzalez, cornerback uh, from Oregon, still on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if Gonzalez is still there at 16, that almost makes it maybe too easy for you. Uh, we can talk I, about other t- other yeah, options. No, 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 no. Like, if that's the way it is. I'm just trying to think. I don't know the Packers would take a cornerback. I don't think they would. Yeah, so... And I know, like, you know, this is a spot where people talk about receiver or tight end, but I'm just going to sort of go with the historic norm that this is probably a bit early for tight end. I I think they can always improve the pass rush. I really kind of like 
Van Ness. I would be fascinated if he was there for, for Washington because of their uncertainty with uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young beyond this season. But I'll go Lucas Van Ness, the uh, defensive end from Iowa, at 15 for the Packers. This one's obviously incredibly easy now with Washington. Um with the board falling like this, and I, I'd be I'd be curious if I'm if I'm way off here. So I think Gonzalez is certainly on the board for them. I would say right tackle with Darnell Wright being available. This is all just this this feels like a too good to be true scenario for Washington because Gonzalez is here, Joey Porter is here, um Deontay Banks is here, Darnell Wright is here. I mean, you're probably not taking you're not taking linebacker at 16, but those are the big areas that I always give to them. Anyways, am I missing one that they would consider in the first round? No, I mean the, the one I've been pushing is the defensive end, but it's it, like if they if they uh, decline Chase Young's option, then both Young and Sweater free agents after the year. So hypothetically, you could you know get their replacement now, but you know in terms of the immediate need, and if you're Ron Rivera. I don't know how you're thinking beyond this here when, you know, you're probably not going to have your job unless you win. So yeah, offensive line and cornerback are the two spots that like in general, I've been saying make the most sense for them uh, for sure. Do you think they're leaning one way or the other? I think if Darnell Wright is on the board, like I think I would assume you imagine concur like Christian Gonzalez. It doesn't feel like he'll be here. Now here's the thing. We can say a lot of these guys won't feel like they'll be down here, but you know, that's going to happen. If Bijan goes, where right. we had him, if all the quarterbacks go, the, the four quarterbacks go and the two, you know, two defensive ends, well, somebody has to slip, but I would assume Gonzalez probably goes earlier. And after Gonzalez and Witherspoon, I don't know that there's a cornerback that I think needs to be picked here. I, I, I've been kind of shying away from Joey Porter for them. So I kind of think Darnell Wright would be the answer. I would say maybe keep an eye on Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, 16 seems mm-hmm. early, but you know, he won't be there at 47. So that would be my other thought at the moment. But yeah, I think Darnell Wright would probably be the one. But to that end, you know, Mel Kuyper a few weeks ago had him, Darnell Wright going nine to the Bears. Seems like he's getting momentum. What's your view of him relative to the other te- linemen that we already uh, picked. I I like him a lot. He's he's my number two offensive tackle in this class behind Paris Johnson Jr. So I I, I like him a ton. Um, I think he'd be a home run pick for him here at sixteen. It's him or Christian Gonzalez, obviously. But I always you know if a team is weighing okay, it's this or a trench picks. I'm probably going to go towards the trench pick, and especially if they want to upgrade the offensive line, you're going to want to do it here. You're not going to want to wait. So we'll go. I'll go Darno right at sixteen then for those right. reasons. We'll love it. All right, perfect. Um, all right. So Pittsburgh at seventeen. I'm going to break the hearts of the the people who want the uh, the lineage to continue, but instead of Joey Porter Jr., got to go with Christian Gonzalez here for yeah. the Steelers. Yeah. At seventeen. Um. So yeah. So there you go. That's simple enough. Um. Lions back on the clock. You took a defensive tackle. At six, what do you what are you thinking here? I'm looking at Darnell Washington or Dalton Kincaid. I think Washington is just the Lions kind of football player. Went Carter at six. I'm, I'm going to go Darnell Washington here at 18. They need a tight end. This guy is an extra offensive lineman. When you put him out there on the field, he's unbelievably athletic, alien like athlete. 
I, he's got to be a first round pick. So I'm, I'll go Washington here. Interesting. Okay. So Darnell Washington and he, there's like four tight ends are getting a lot of consideration. He is the hulking big man version of, of, of one. Um, do you, is he your number one tight end or is it number one tight end for what is going on here? He's my tight end one in this class. Uh, I, I, he's, he's, he's the number one overall guy. He's the guy that I would bet on for sure. Um, it just brings you such a high floor with what he can be as an inline prospect. He, he just blocks so well for, um, a player of his size. Like I said, he's almost like an additional offensive lineman for you. So you can use him plenty, even if you're not using him as a receiver on every down, because people worry about the down to down emphasis when he is out there on the field, he's a great blocker for you too. So you don't got to worry about that. Um, his above the rim ability is, is pretty special given how big he is, how fast he is. He's got great contested catch strength. So now nah, he's, he is tight end one for me. All right. I like, I like it. Um, well, you know, you, you be you, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Tampa Bay. I'm going to need one second here because typically for Tampa Bay, I'm giving them either Darnell, Wright If he slips past Washington or mm-hmm. he's the place I park B. John Robinson when I don't know what else to do. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to see, see here who is, I mean, Tampa Bay. I don't even know what they're, well, you're, look, you're Mr. Tampa Bay. Why am I even guessing? I got, are they in a are they in a foot in both worlds? Like they're still thinking they're good enough to compete, especially in a down division. But yeah. simultaneously, I have no idea what they're doing. You know, at quarterback. I mean, yeah. I, know I I think that they're. I think that they believe that they can compete, and I'm not so convinced that's the case. I don't think they're going to be horrible, but when I look at them at 19. You know, if Nolan Smith is here, I think they go for Nolan Smith, but he's been long gone. And Dalton Kincaid's a really good pick for them as a receiving tight end. They they were definitely missing that last year. Um, Brian Branch would be a fantastic pick for him because they need a full-time nickel guy. I think they're going to be really in on Brian Branch. And then Anton Harrison from Oklahoma as well. He's been in on a top 30 visit for them. They need a left tackle after moving on from Donovan Smith. So those are the areas that my eyes always go when we're kind of sitting here around 19. And so those are the players that come to my mind. All right. Well, I was thinking cornerback or, or defensive back. So Brian Branch absolutely works for me. I really like him a lot. To me, he's, I would consider him for Washington, uh, especially if they trade down, but uh, 19 Brian Branch, that absolutely works for me. Seattle back on the clock. I gave them a quarterback earlier. You get to make their other pick now. Yeah, you gave him Anthony Richardson five. I'm going to go with Kalijah Cansey here, I think, at uh, at 20. Mm, I'll go Cansey over over Miles Murphy. Going Cansey over Will McDonald. I'm just kind of scrolling down here. Cansey over Felix Onidiki Uzama. Mozzie Smith is intriguing, but I still think that they would take Cansey. This is a team that has taken undersized interior defensive linemen before when they give you that pass rush potential, and that's exactly what Cansey is. And so I, I feel like... They've made some decent additions to the interior offensive line or the interior defensive line already um, that allows them to take a player like Cansey. So uh, they definitely need pass rush one way or another. The defensive line was straight up not good enough uh, at getting to the quarterback. And so Cansey might be a situational player in the NFL, but I feel like Seattle is one of those spots that they can figure out how to make those situations pop up uh, as much as possible with a player who's that talented to get in after the passer. I like he's definitely one of the most intriguing players in this league because people – Nobody's making the Aaron Donald straight up comparison, but the undersized defensive tackle 
uh, market. De- Donald is the uh, poster child for that, obviously. So makes sense to me. Um, all right, Chargers at 21. I- I've been giving them a tight end for the most part. Um, I kind of, you mentioned blocking before with Darnell Washington. I kind of feel like they need that out of a tight end as well. So even though Kincaid is sitting there, and I know a lot of people think he's maybe the best tight end in this class. I'll go with Michael Meyer from Notre Dame. Best. I think he's the best all around tight end here. So I'll go with him, give Justin Herbert another weapon while also helping him as a blocker as well. He is mayor's a a bit more established blocker than Kincaid is. I I will definitely agree there. All right. uh, So what is there? We're up to another quasi-local team here, the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Uh, they've been in the offseason just a little bit uh, because of the Lamar Jackson yeah. deal. And I, I guess, hypothetically, Hendon Hooker still on the board. That would be extreme if they did yeah. that, but I'll just leave mention it. Uh, what do you uh, What do you think for them? Uh, I think I'm going corner. I like Deontay Banks and Joey Porter Jr. I feel like the league is higher on Joey Porter Jr. So I think I should, it, with it being a predictive mock, I think I should go JPJ here. I have Deontay at, at one spot ahead of him. I've got Deontay as my third best corner in this class. Uh, I know Emmanuel Forbes is going to be considered for a lot of teams around this range as well, but I will go Joey Porter Jr. because I feel like there's more buzz about him, and they definitely need corner with Marcus Peters not coming back. The Joey Porter Jr. thing would be fantastic because of the Ravens-Steelers yeah, dynamic. That would be a, that would yeah. be a lot of fun uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I like cornerback for the Ravens. Uh, there as well all right 23 the vikings all right now this is where things get interesting we 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 talked before about like you know you mentioned if atlanta was sitting there at eight and the board fell the what it was somebody would trade up for a um a quarterback and atlanta would move down if we were doing trades i think that somebody is going to trade into the first round for hendon hooker I, i i don't know if i see it myself the age the injury whatever but it feels like that's where the momentum is going the problem is if we're not going to do trades, if I don't if Minnesota doesn't take him here, I don't know who is taking the quarterback on our board. And I know there's been a lot of buzz about Minnesota taking one in general. They also need cornerback and Deontay Banks is sitting here. Mm-hmm. That would be a pretty good call. So Deontay Banks or Hooker is where I'm at. Um all right, I I'll just say this. I'll 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 go with the player who helps them now and you know, Minnesota's in a position again with a down NFC to contend. I mean, I know you can make your insert your Kirk Cousins joke here if you want, but I'll, I'll go with Deontay Banks, even though I totally get why they might take quarterback. I just don't know if I can do it uh, myself. So I'll go Deontay Banks here, cornerback from Maryland, obviously for the Vikings. What what what's your view here of Minnesota with with Hendon Hooker? It seems like Hendricker's got a lot of um, a lot of fans to go in the first round, and so he's he's very much like Bijan Robinson for me. It feels like he's going higher than we believe. I just can't I can't pinpoint it where it's too far away from where my rankings are. So it just makes it difficult for me to predict where exactly he's going. But I can totally see what you're saying. That, yeah, a lot of that makes sense. All right, uh, Jacksonville at twenty four. Uh... Jacksonville's picking way down here because they, you know, they made the playoffs and uh, with Trevor Lawrence, they could be in a pretty good position to uh, take another step this year. So what do you think is going to help them uh, do that? 
I think probably something in the trenches. I like Brian Branch a lot here, but um, Brian Branch obviously off the board, so I'm not going to force it with a nickel corner selection. Maybe something along the defensive line, although I like their defensive line. I like Roy Robertson Harris. I feel like Fotokasi played well last year. You got Walker. You got Josh Allen. Man, what about off- what about the interior offensive line? I think they might be able to use some interior offensive line. Osiris Torrance is probably the best of the bunch, but he just doesn't have a lot of versatility to him. Hmm. And this is what we think would happen. I I do like Torrance myself, but I totally get the the lack of uh, versatility. But I guess you know when you don't give up a sack in four years, that just uh, that's a good stat. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. Anton Harrison. They lost Juwan Taylor. They're okay with Walker Little. I feel like they would draft Miles Murphy. Okay. It's what we would do, Mock, so I guess I'll go with that. I think they would draft Miles Murphy. It just feels like more of a um Oh, who's the general manager? How is he? Trent Balky. He's it, it. It feels like a bulky pick to draft a really athletic defensive lineman here, and just kind of when you when you don't know where else to turn, that's kind of what you do because it feels like that's what he's done his entire general manager career. So um, we'll go with Miles Murphy at twenty four. Yeah, and and funny you mentioned Brian Branch. Like this is typically where I've been like sending him, but if that's not the case, you know. It's, it, it, Edge rusher is one of those spots you can almost never go wrong. If you like the guy, you can almost never go wrong taking them, even if it's not like the biggest need. So if if that's how you know you're kind of you're hemming and hawing as to what to do, and he's sitting there, it, it's it's I think it's an absolutely reasonable call. Um, assuming you again one likes the actual player itself. Um, all right, Giants at twenty five, another NFC East team. You know, I mean, look, kudos to the, what they were able to do last year with minimal help at wide receiver. I got to figure they, they've they got to address that. Uh, I know like Zay Flowers, it feels like is, I don't know if it's a universal view or what, what, what you're, what you think, but like he may be the number two receiver overall in this class. So uh, Jordan Addison's still here as well, but I'll go with Zay Flowers, give Daniel Jones uh, some more help there at receiver. So that is what I'll do here for the Giants at 25. I like Zay. Uh, Zay is my wide receiver three in this class. I got him right behind Quentin Johnson, um, who I think are probably considerably behind uh, Jack Smith and Jigba in the perception. But I do think that Zay Flowers has a good chance to sneak in as one of those other receivers at the back end of round one. Cowboys are on the clock at 26. They lost Dalton Schultz in free agency. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is sitting there for him. I think you're probably taking Golden TK if he if he falls all the way. I know that they've got some some defensive issues that they've got to address throughout the draft. But if Kincaid makes to him a 26, I, I think that he is going to be their selection. They're going to want to continue to be able to go to that position quite often in the receiving game. And Kincaid's probably, I I, I mean, Jerry Jones himself would love Michael Mayer um, because of the pedigree of Mayer coming from Notre Dame and just how long he's been um, established since his true freshman season. So I think Jerry Jones would absolutely love Michael Mayer, but. Man, Kincaid feels like he's the perfect match for the Cowboys at 26, so I'm going to go that direction. Do you have any feel like if Bijan were to slip into the late teens, that Dallas, because that's the other team, right? If they add Bijan, right. you know, look out uh, right. with Tony Pollard hurt. Any any sense from you as to 
if they would actually move make that kind of move if he gets down to the late teens? Maybe. I wouldn't I wouldn't count Jerry Jones out for anything, but trading up for a running back is kind of rough. You know, like trading drafting a running back in the first round is one thing. Trading multiple picks to go up to get a running back is kind of a tough ask. So it's hard to predict that, you know. Right. The uh I'm blanking on the kid's name. The the the, uh, the running back from Auburn who's like considered to be the second uh running back in this class. Um Auburn or Alabama? Alabama, sorry, yeah, Jameer oh, Gibbs. Oh, Jameer Gibbs, Jameer, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I see some lists have him as like a top 15 prospect, but mm-hmm. just because of the running back, is there a world where you think it makes sense for Dallas to take that guy again, considering their uh, running back situation? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think that Jameer Gibbs will definitely be uh, on the board for them at 26. I, w- I would definitely say that. All right. All right, Bills at 27. You know, if a team is going to trade out of the first round, to for the Hendon Hooker type deal for somebody to move up feels like Buffalo could be a good team to do that they could use some more picks and I don't really love the board for him for them right here uh they definitely could take receiver because you know they're they're lacking beyond Stefan Diggs offensive line defensive line um I'll go with uh since you mentioned him earlier I'll go with uh Quentin Johnston the wide receiver from TCU here okay give Josh Allen another target and, and a big one at that so i'll, I'll go with uh quentin johnson and and uh look you know if you're competing against kansas city you gotta be in, in cincinnati you're gonna have to be able to score and score a lot so uh i'll, I'll go with that receiver there massey smith's getting a lot of love for the first round so for the bengals at 28 i'm, I'm gonna go some interior defensive line depth and i'm, I'm actually gonna give them massey smith he's just a, a really good athlete for a player of his size that you could plug into the middle of that defense i think they've already got a strong defensive line rotation but he can never have too many pass rushes and i think when the light comes on for massey he was number one on bruce feldman's freak list going into this year for a reason it's just because he moves super well and he's also man when he gets both feet in the ground and and, and he's ready to lock in anchor he can really hold the point of attacking against double teams too so i think the consistency is uh, a little more hot and cold than you would want but he does a lot of things really well here at pick 28 i think it would be well worth it for the Bengals. so we'll go mozzie smith the defensive lineman from michigan for the Bengals. All right. Um, Saints at 29. I just keep coming back to defensive line almost really anywhere on the line for them. Um, It feels like when people talk about Will Smith, the uh, oh, Will Smith, Will McDonald, the uh, the edge rusher from Iowa State, it's sort of a people really like the upside or people question uh, the, the consistency, I guess. Uh, but at this point, I, I think going with a, with a pass rusher, you know, it's a premium position. So I'll go with Will McDonald, the defensive end out of Iowa State for the Saints at 29. Yeah, it makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Eagles, 30. I went Bijan Robinson for them at 10. Man. You got, let's see, Brian Brise, the defensive tackle from Clemson's out there. You've got. I think I'm going to go Torrance. Okay. Because he, he, he could play right away, I yeah. think, right? I yeah. mean, with them losing Sumelo. That that means that they wouldn't have to play Cam Jurgens, who I think that they probably believe is more of just a center. They could play Torrance there instead, and that is a mean offensive line. Yeah, I'm going Torrance here for the Eagles 30. I, I like Torrance a lot. He's been somebody like it, I, I just don't think Washington at 16 can can justify taking that, but I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite players 
uh, in this class. All right, last pick, the Mr. Irrelevant for this thing. Uh, boy, Chiefs could, the Kansas City Chiefs could go, you know, they, they, lo- they lose a pass rusher. They obviously lost an offensive tackle. And, and you know, they also lost Juju Smith-Schuster. You don't have to give Pat, Pat Mahomes a lot to get this to, to, to work, but you need to give him some more help. Jordan Addison is still sitting here on the board, the wide receiver from USC. You know, I don't know if I think four receivers are going to go in round one, but for the purposes of this, I think that would make a lot of sense for the Chiefs, who I actually think they could be a team that could trade up because they have so many picks. They're not, they can't use them all. So it would make sense to package a few and move up. But based on this board, Jordan Addison, wide receiver USC for the Chiefs at 31. There we go. Um, look at that. We did it. They said they said it couldn't be done. <laughs> but we uh we 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 did it. Um before I let you go, just give me your quick overview of Washington right now, what you kind of think. They you know, they 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 kept around pain. They made a couple other minor moves relatively speaking, but you know, we we know they're in some kind of limbo with the ownership deal and they're going to hopefully fill in some gaps here. What what what's your view on kind of where they're at right now? Limbo feels like a good word for them, honestly. You know, you look at their quarterback position, obviously it starts at quarterback, and, you know, whether Sam Howell gets to start or Jacoby Bursett, you just don't really know. I think Sam Howell uh, brings you the higher ceiling, right? Or you hope that he brings you the higher higher ceiling because Bursett, more of just kind of this steady Eddie guy who can win some games for you, but you don't think you're making a big playoff run or a playoff push or really starting a winning window with him. I don't think that that's the situation there. But you look at the rest of the roster, and, yeah, sure, the offensive line needs upgrades a little bit, but it's not the worst out there. A decent tight end room, got good wide receivers, strong defensive line. Um, Jamie Davis and Cody Barton at the linebacker level. I mean, you got good secondary players. Certainly, again, they could they could use more secondary players. They could, they could use some more talent there. But this isn't the worst roster in the league. But I also don't think it's one that really scares me. And I think that that's why they've got to have a really good draft is you got to set yourself up with a couple of other really good young players here. Chase Young's obviously got to be able to turn it on next year. That's going to be huge for him to get back on that track for him to be a superstar. Um, I, I think that that's obviously a huge part of it. And then whatever happens with Sam Howell, I think is going to go a long way into telling you whether this team's about to teeter on the side of totally rebuilding or teeter on the side of like, okay, we got our quarterback. Now the rest of the rosters here, we can start resigning some veterans hopefully stack together a couple of good drafts, but it just feels like the, the the commanders are at that tipping point of what are we doing here? Are we about to rebuild or are we about to kind of take the next step forward? Well, you know, having an ownership change right in the middle of this, that won't, that won't cause any uh, extra, <laughs> extra hassle or dilemma for anybody. I'm sure uh, he is at Tampa Bay Trey T R E on Twitter, a great follow and obviously an insightful guy with the NFL draft as, as we're here and tell everybody what they need, what else they need to know. What, what do you guys have at, uh, on PFF this week that people should check out? Yeah. So we're going to be doing live draft coverage all three days, the NFL draft from the PFF studios in Cincinnati. I'm going to be on the desk with um, Chris Collinsworth, with Sam Monson, with Steve Palazzolo, with Seth Galina, with Anthony Trash, with uh, a lot of different analysts that we have there breaking down what we are seeing in real time in the NFL draft. So if you guys want to have the main feed on your TV and pull up the PFF feed on your tablet or your phone, uh, we would absolutely love you for it. So come hang out with us if we're watching the draft, but that's the big thing. You were a kid in, at the University of Florida doing a draft website. Now you're talking draft on draft night with Chris Collinsworth. Pretty cool. It's what, pretty cool, man. What 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 a ride. Uh, good good for you. Thanks thanks so much, Trevor, for, for doing this. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens.
Sounds good, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Many thanks to Trevor Sikama for his time. Thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast. We'll have plenty more to come this week. Of course, first round on Thursday. Uh, I, I plan at the moment to do a Thursday pod and then another one on Saturday to wrap it all up. But obviously, we will play it by ear and see what unfolds. But that is it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See ya. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.